Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Polykill Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1. I'm still your host, obviously, but we have a new co-host here today. I cannot wait to introduce you to the man of the next hour and maybe several hundred episodes. We'll see. But before I do, you're asking, what happened to Jake? Well, if you missed that last episode... In which case, this one, going to be pretty fucking weird. Jake was killed off at the end of the last season. And actually, he's moved on to better and cuter things. He does have a girlfriend, and he's probably somewhere on a back porch listening to unintelligible metal, sipping liqueur. He's smoking corncob pipes now. He's, he's solving crimes in, in 1818. Good for him. That's good. But without further ado, I want to share with the Polykill listeners out there the brand spanking new co-host of this thing. He spanks brands. He's going. To, he's my, my brochacho going forward. Everybody, give it up for... Well, wait wait a second. Not yet, not yet. Before that, I want to thank everyone who auditioned and sent me in your tapes. I didn't ask for them. Uh, and a few were just you guys faking orgasms, and uh, which I did appreciate. Keep those coming. But that's not exactly what I asked for. I'm, again, I'm not saying don't send them, but uh, but thanks, I guess. But now, finally, what we've all been waiting for, I guess, I don't know, what I've been waiting for and what this guy's been waiting for to be announced here on the show, the Polykill Podcast, the new co-host, Mr. Co-host, please introduce yourself. Hi. I'm Steve. Hey, this is Jake. And who the fuck is Steve? Hey, this is Alex, a.k.a. SNES Drunk from Drunk Friend, and, uh, who the fuck is Steve? Hey, this is Caleb from Tales of the Lesser Medium, and who the fuck is Steve? Hey, this is Michelle from PD's Power Hour, and who the fuck is Steve? Hey, this is Briz from Off Kilter, and who the fuck is... wait, who the fuck is Michelle? <laughs> wow, you know that's good because even though it's a joke, it still hurts my feelings. Still makes me a little rosy in the cheeks. It's a little personal, you know, people calling you by your first name like that and uh being so mean about it. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. But who is Steve? Well, who is Michelle? We'll get to that some other time. That's a different podcast. Steve, welcome aboard. My friend, uh, you you are a Steve. You are a Steven or just a Steve? Uh, I'm a Steven if I'm in trouble, but I'm, I'm a Steve otherwise. On the internet, I'm usually a blink. That's true. I, for some reason, agreed to a first name this time. <laughs> well, you know. So do you think that, you know, even amongst your, your friends, your, your closest friends, do they call you Steve or you just blink to everybody? It is a really bold assumption, too. I assume I have close friends. Oh, but uh, no, I'm I'm Steve to everybody other than like the four of you that know me as Blink. Wow, I, I exist only as a normal human, barely online. Okay, and that's why you're a good pick for a co-host on a podcast that's really trying to grow. And I I said that to people. There was a lot of pushback, and I said I want somebody that only has four close friends. And that is just getting into streaming. I want I want that unknown. I'm not worried about numbers. <laughs> I want a guy I can bully around a little bit. 
And that's why that's really the reason I felt Steve here was a good choice. I mean, four friends doubles the polykill listenership, which is already a huge <laughs> boon. And so, you know, when when Trev reached out, he was like, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I've asked like eight other people. None of them want anything to do with me. Most of them didn't know polykill was still being recorded. It's true. And so you're it. It's either you say yes or I have to finally admit that my project has crashed and burned. And so, you know, it's the pity joint. And yeah. I'm happy to be here, and I'm honored that you would let me make you feel good in that way. It, I mean, it's working. But, no, you do have big shoes to fill. I got to ask, did you get the – I sent you Jake's shoes in the mail. Did you get those? I, I didn't even realize that those were shoes. But you know what? I did still try to put my feet inside them anyways, and uh, it's it's not a good fit. I can't walk. Yeah. I can't even lift them. But, yeah, uh, they're pretty big. I, I'll, I'll do what I can. I'm I'm no Jake. I could never ask to be a Jake. But if you want, you know, like a smaller, more shriveled Trav, I can be that. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm not sure where you're going with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very often short and shriveled. I'll say that. So I think it's accurate. But, no, that's good. Uh, please, those shoes that I sent you actually were just a homeless man's shoes. So please throw them out. That was just a joke. <laughs> So people out there probably are like, you know, maybe some people do know you. Maybe some of those uh, that of that small listener base I just bragged about earlier. Maybe a few of them are like, oh, Blink, I know a Blink. Um, but there's a really good chance a lot of people have no idea who you are uh, other than the occasional beat tweet I read out from you. So I wanted to do some rapid fire questions, some get to know yous. And we're going to sprinkle these in throughout the episode. I just want to uh, throw them out there about five questions in a row. I'll throw out a question. You answer as fast as you can. All right? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. It's called, I'm going to call it the hot seat section. You're on the hot seat. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Ham or turkey? Turkey. Every single time. Ham Good start. It's a good start. A former president you would marry? Barack Obama. Although I would hate to break them up. Yeah, yeah. Mine's LBJ. He's got a big hog. (laughs) Most libertarian shape, cone or sphere? Uh... Cone? Close. I... <laughs> close. You're close. Describe a tree. It is a bush that kept going, and <laughs> it looks really good for two weeks out of the year in Minnesota. Ah, very nice. And your favorite scary movie? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Cabin in the Woods? Oh, very good answer. Nice. I like you already. You might you might stick around. So, so far, this is going well. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into games that are coming out pretty soon that we might want to play. Now, I looked at the list. There wasn't a whole lot there for me this time around, but you got a few here listed that uh, maybe you can convince me are worth worth uh, worth going for. I'm I'm really surprised, actually, that you didn't pull out Super Mario 3D All-Stars coming out here, and I think it's on Friday. Have you not played any of these 3D Mario games? I have played all of them, and I think that's why I'm like, cool. I mean, it's cool. Oh. It's a cool little compilation. I agree. I like it. I think it's a good package. Having so the reason I get really excited about that, and this is my answer for a lot of why I get excited about things, is just <laughs> just this weekend I was up north visiting family, and I was hanging out with my two nephews. They're ten and nine years old, and they are addicted to Mario Maker Two. Like all they do is play Mario Maker mm. Two. Seven hundred hours on each of their accounts, type Jeez, of thing. Jeez, wow! And so. They 
like they'll have me play everything and and they have like no context for where some of these things come from like some of the music or some of the things you can put in levels and stuff like that and i try to imagine going back in time and being 10 years old and getting all three of these mario games in one package like i was like pooping my pants excited for just mario 64 when i was 10 years old so to get two other games on top of that is so cool that's true that's true. And to confirm for everyone, those three games, that's, that is Mario 64, uh, Sunshine, and Galaxy, the the hallmarks of, of the entire franchise for a full decade, I think. Yeah, and and it's too, too much fun in one package, I think. And granted, that's not a good reason for me to want it, because I'm not nine years old anymore. Right. But if I have to think of an adult reason why it's exciting, it's just good to be able to play mario 64 or sunshine handheld whenever i want to i bring my switch right around all the time the the handheld component to that i think is the kicker of course getting sunshine just a port of it in in general is is good i uh i i like what you pointed out in that a lot of kids you know i I wasn't even thinking that kids would be addicted to mario maker and not even understand why why some of the things in there are the way they are i never really even considered that uh, do you think that those same kids will appreciate these three games the way that we're hoping that they do? It kind of depends on how well the the ports are. I actually asked them this weekend when I was up there. I said, hey, have you guys played the old Marios? Like the, like the original Mario on the original Nintendo. Do you like that game? And I was really surprised because they said, not really. <laughs> and here's why. And I was like, oh, they're going to explain to me that they're old and that I'm a crusty old man. But their their reasoning was, when we're playing it, there's too much time between when I press the button and when they jump. Like, the one thing that these nine-year-olds had keyed in on was that there was input delay on, like, the Wii All-Stars version, which is the one they had initially oh. played. And so th- the fact that someone that young was actually caring about that kind of blew my mind. And that's what makes me think, okay, well, as long as they can have these be good ports, I think that it will get a lot of young kids to get excited about it and i'm already excited because i'm an old kid you are an old kid you also you said you lived in minnesota but you went up north to see family are your family elves are they on the north pole (laughs) no so anyone that lives in minnesota knows that everyone lives in exactly one city and it's at the south (laughs) half of minnesota and then they either vacation or they retire up to the iron range or up into the woods around a lake somewhere it's land of Ten Thousand lakes you pick one you retire to it and oh, so okay. went up and visited the family up there. Fair enough. All right, cool. Uh, what what else is coming out here that you're looking out looking at for? The only other game that I think I'll probably pick up is Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim. Aegis Rim. I'm not going to pretend to know how to pronounce that word. Aegis. But, uh, Aegis. Aegis. That'd be a, that'd be a Ness friend move right there. <laughs> um, but this is the the new Vanillaware game. So Vanillaware is the studio that did Odin's Fear, they did Dragon's Crown, Muramasa. Those are probably the hits that people have played. And I'm a huge fan of Odin's Fear. So even though this game is looking a little more visual novel, which is not usually exactly to my tastes, I think that the art style is enough to carry it, and I'm hoping that there's some gameplay buried in there too. Seems cool. Right on, man. Yeah, I did. I looked into that a little bit, and I, I had the same feel that you did, in that it was a little visual novelty, which I, I'm not opposed to. It's just not something I'm in the mood for now. But uh, also, the name—I'm kind of lost on the name. That seems like a, a name that I would just scroll past normally. I don't know what it is about that. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it feels like the name of an anime, right? 
A little bit, yeah. And it's just, it, it seems almost like it's too highfalutin for me. I'd be like, nah, I'm not going to get it. Or maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I feel like it's tied to to some property that I've I'm not dug into. So I know I'm not going to like the game. But um, but no, you're saying this is this is a unique vanillaware uh, output. So maybe I should get excited for it. I don't know. Yeah, and it it does something that I really like in games, which is 13 Sentinels. It follows the story of 13 different characters, kind of like weaves in and out through their storylines and and connects around to each other. And I Mm. love any time a RPG story does that, like uh, Swakoden 3 or something like that. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for it. And and to be clear, I love anime. When I see an anime-looking name, I get excited for it. But I, I just never end up actually playing the visual novels that come out. So that's why I'm hesitant if it's a visual novel fair enough all right before we get into the games that we're actually playing now let's go back into the hot seat shall we we shall (laughs) here we go how long was your school bus as a kid regular size and i'll leave it up to you to determine what that means risky answer are you a sex offender next question me neither (laughs) who would make a better dinosaur marvin Gaye or al capone uh, I'm going to say Al Capone, and God, I'm going to say because these. no reason. <laughs> you're killing it. How many piercings do you have? Uh, Three that you can see, question mark that you can't. Huh. Okay. <laughs> and do you have any pets? I do. I have two adorable kitties. Their names are Narrow and Grim, and they are my favorite chonky boys they're very good how many piercings do they have three that you can see question mark (laughs) that you can't very good all right so games that we're playing on now and i'll kick it off here because i just started a game i guess within the last 24 hours it was part of a pickup i got i'll talk about this pickup a little bit later in the show but it's called vandal hearts and I'd heard I've I've seen this this game name on list. I remember seeing ads for it back in the Dizay. It's a Konami title. I just for some reason never tried it, never played around with it. Have you are you familiar with Vandal Hearts? This is Vandal Hearts is one of those games where I'm I haven't played it, but I've seen the name enough times where eventually you start to feel like maybe you have played it. Like you've seen <laughs> so much advertising for it or so much discussion about it that you start to lose track of have I played this or just watched 30 YouTube videos about it? I'm not too sure. Exactly. And there's something about the name of this game that I, I remember back in the day kind of being interested in it. And then years go by, 20 years, I guess. And when I heard the name, I was like, I know the name is familiar, but the name makes me think that it's like an RPG or something. And so then I stayed away from it because I was like, I don't have time for anything like that. I don't want to play any RPG. I know Vandal Hearts is one that I want to play. I remember always wanting to play it, but I don't remember. And then I put it in, and it's completely, I mean, it's still an RPG, but it's, it's uh, you know, ta- tactical strategy, isometric tax strat, and super addictive. It's like the exact thing that I needed and wanted right now. And it's really cool. A, a thing that I, I think is really neat about it, um, other than the fact that, number one, it's short, which I think is, is okay with me right now. I'm also playing Dark Cloud 2, which I'll get to, which is a terribly long game. And me, with, with my life and how busy it is and all the things I have going on, I occasionally just like a really, you know, mid-sized game. You know, a 10 to 20. Oh, yeah. 
give me just a 10 to 20. I mean, I, I like an under 10 as well, but to find um, to find a good a good 10 to 20 tax stretch, just not a common thing. So this one's a little bit shorter. It's abbreviated. But one thing I think is really interesting about it is the kill animations. When you kill an enemy in this game, it has Kill Bill level of blood spurtage. It is... <laughs> It is comical. It's like you're busting a, a, a grape or something every time that you, you kill an enemy. Just a fountain of blood shoots up on the screen. I'm like, oh, my God. It's way overkill. It's way too much because the, the game, like the, the the themes of it are, you know, it's it's sort of like dark fantasy sorcery stuff. But it's not it's not like that, you know, it's not that dark or grim. It's kind of cartoony. But those kills, oh, Oh man, that's is is this relevant to the story in any way? Like, is it fitting for the the art style or the narrative, or is it just you know that that intern that was hired, who's specifically in charge of the part of Colfax for Blood, was like, I'm I'm making a resume builder. Yeah, pretty much. He hit that slider like maybe right before they published it. His elbow hit the slider for blood explosions, and it just went all the way up. Because yeah, it nothing else is like that. Like if you if you shoot an enemy. Or, you know, nothing, there's no explosions, there's no big bombastic parts of this game until you kill someone, and then they just, just a fountain of, of Mortal Kombat would get hard as a rock if it could see the blood coming out of uh, Vandal Hearts. <laughs> so, but it's it's fun, though. I'm really enjoying it. It's just, it's a it's a tight little addictive uh, tactical strategy game, and, and I just really was looking for that, so it, it fits the bill. So what other tactical strategy games have you played to contrast this one with? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the XCOMs. I'm a big fan of, uh, you put me on the spot here. The, you know, I like, I, I like the cartoony guys. The, uh, was it Mario Rabbids? That's a fun one. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles are pretty decent. Ooh, that's a good one. So, so when you said text trend, my mind goes to like grid based, like a Final Fantasy Tactics. Is that what we're talking about here? It is. Yeah, it's grid based. You got a few tiles you can go to. You got to line up your shots and stuff. And yeah, mm. you got, you got limited moves. Which makes it isn't that doesn't that kind of make it funnier that there's this this crazy <laughs> blood spurting animation that comes out of this? It, I think to Final Fantasy Tactics, you know, someone dies and you just get this one distant echoey like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and in Vandal Hearts, they're like, look at those chumps. They they're not doing anything with the death animations. We'll we'll up the game. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. What about you? You playing on anything? Yeah. So the first one I'm playing through here is a game called Okunoka Madness. And I'm going to ask you, and specifically you ahead of this, have you ever heard of this game? Uh, no. I don't even think I could say it again, even though I just heard you say it. Oku, <laughs> Oku, Okinawa? Isn't that a city? <laughs> you're, you're close. So, Okunoka Madness is just Super Meat Boy. Like, it is, what? It is a one-to-one clone of Super Meat Boy. Like, if you watch what? some footage of this game, the first level second level third level it's not until like four or five in where they start to vary it away from what super meat boy is the only thing that separates this from super meat boy is one the art style which is the mega or the rayman legends art style and then two it adds one extra mechanic in uh it, it adds in this elemental shifting mechanic so in the odd chance someone has not played super meat boy the way that this plays this is a precision 2d platformer very small like single screen or almost single screen levels you're designed to get through the levels in like five to 20 seconds or so and you're expected to die a bunch of times before you're successfully able to get through a level and 
as you play through and start to progress, you unlock these different elemental powers, which you can swap between at any point, basically. And so you'll swap like the ice element on and off, which will create ice platforms that you can stand on, or when you swap it off, let you go through an ice wall that was previously there. And you just end up playing Super Meat Boy, basically, but uh, with this added little mechanic. And it's it's pretty fun. It's It does a good job. I'm saying it like somewhat derogatory, which is to poke fun at it, but it's very clear that the team that made this had a lot of love and had a lot of reverence for Super Meat Boy and, and games like it. And so if you're a big fan of those like I am, this does a good job of scratching that itch. Dude, I'm looking at a trailer of it now. I had not heard of it. It's not the catchiest name, but yes, that is the most... It looks like somebody, you know, just made Meat Boy over again, but had a coloring book with different colors in it. I mean, it's it's very pretty, and it does... I mean, a lot of the mechanics and stuff look the exact same. I'm totally in. Yeah. This looks it, great. It's a lot of fun. If you're someone that is very familiar with Super Meat Boy, it takes a little bit to adjust to the slightly different jump mechanics, because... Like, that's become such muscle memory for me. I've played through mm-hmm. Super Meat Boy so many times that it, it becomes a little tricky to learn a different game in that style. But it it is pretty good, even if the easiest way to describe it is basically AliExpress Super Meat Boy. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Wow. And it just came out, too. I'm seeing here it came out, what, earlier this week, September 8th. Yeah, and the only reason I even heard about it is I was looking... Like, I was looking forward through the year, like, hey, what's coming out that I'm getting excited for? And the name jumped out at me because, you know, Okunoka Madness is kind of nonsense. And I looked up video of it, and I thought I accidentally typed in Super Meat Boy because it was so similar. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, all right, well, this game is unapologetic, and I respect it for for not caring at all about the comparisons people are going to draw. So, yeah, I'd say uh, check it out. It's It's pretty cool. Yeah, it says here on the uh, little tagline, it's it's test your reflexes in coordination with more than 100 levels to compete and or to complete in three speedrun modes. So it's all about that speed and 100 levels. That's that's pretty good. So that's great, man. It's and it's on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. It's on all the things. I don't know how I missed it. Yeah, I'm playing it on the old Switcherino. And the only thing performance-wise that is a little bit of a bummer is some of the levels have like little tiny hitches here and there it's really not too bad but it it jumps up occasionally so you might get a little smoother on ps4 or something great this seems like a game that i would really want on my switch though i'm I'm tied to anything that's kind of 2d or retro themed i like i like on the switch it just feels at home there for some reason but yeah yeah and they cool. they uh you mentioned the speed runs they they tier like the the rating you can get on any individual level like C, D, B, A, stuff like that. And I, in like the second level, I ended up playing that level for like 10 minutes, even though it's a three second level, because the game was so new, I was excited to get really high on the leaderboards for that particular level. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was shaving off an individual frame. I was like, all right, I got it down to 2.67, 2.64. And I got up to number nine on the leaderboards. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I called up my mom. I was like, hey, guess what your son did today? Mom, you're not going to believe it. Oh, no, wait. No, I'm 15th now. Never mind. Never mind. I'll talk to you. How's dad? Cool. (laughs) Oh, he's doing good. Your dad just got to number nine on this game's leaderboard. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. That's good times. I like that. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, So on the stream, I started up Soul Blazer. And I say on the stream, I stream on Twitch a couple days a week, which is probably where people 
actually know me from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started up Soul Blazer. And hell yeah, this game is awesome. I am loving this game. I never played it on the Super Nintendo back in the day. It was one of those games that I always had the ROM for sitting in my emulator waiting to be played when I was discovering all these different RPGs back in late middle school, early high school. And I just never found the time for it. And so finally going back now and checking it out, I am loving it. It is a hack and slash action RPG level up every so often. The environments are super pretty. The The soundtrack has this kind of like slapping, funky, jazzy bass action going on. Hell yeah. Super cool. And the main conceit of the game is basically the entire world has been spirited away. It's it's gone. And you're traveling through these dungeons to save and rebuild the world, essentially. Which is very (laughs) similar to a game that I love a lot that I think you may have played, Dark Cloud. What is that? Dark, what is it called? Dark, Dark Cloud? No, it doesn't ring a bell. No, of course, of course. <laughs> I love Dark Cloud, and I love Soul Blazer. And I was hoping you would, if you weren't going to get to the Dark Cloud connection, I was going to segue hard into that because when I played Soul, Bla- uh, Soul Blazer, all I could think of was, oh my God, I'm playing, I'm playing old school Dark Cloud. It's like Dark Cloud, the the prequel. Like it's it's awesome. So I'm glad you made that connection. Yeah, it's it's been pretty dang fun. I'm, I'm glad to finally be checking it out. I was a huge fan of Illusion of Gaia. Mm-hmm. which is in that same like quintet trilogy i think it is and so yep. it, it's nice to finally fill a piece of like the rpg backlog that i feel like has been haunting me for a long time that's great man i absolutely love that game i'm so excited that you're playing it and i thought when i played it i was the last person on earth that had not played it so i'm actually kind of happy that i'm not um uh, and, and that you're getting to experience it and love it for the first time i think that's really cool how long ago did you play it Oh, six, seven years ago. I mean, I was really late to it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm super late then. Who boy? <laughs> a little bit. It's never too late to get on that Soul Blazer. I, I, I forced myself to play it. So some friends of mine and I started up this thing that we just call The List. And the idea mm. was we would all put together a handful of games that have been sitting on our backlogs forever that just we have never been able to find the time for for whatever reason. And so we each put 10 together, we sort of organized them, and racing through to see who can beat through all these games, you know, the soonest. And it lets you play stuff you've always wanted to play. It kind of forces you to play other people's recommendations, which isn't always easy to do. I don't know about you, but a lot of times people say, hey, you should really check out this game, and you you intend to, you know, you know that they want you to play something that they think you'll like, but you just can't find the time. Right. And it sort of forces your hand to do that. And so... This was one of the 10 that I put up on that list. I said, you know what? It's finally time to play Soul Blazer. So I threw it on there, worked my way down to it, and now we're uh, we're, we're playing through. That sounds like a fantastic uh, theme for a podcast I know about. It's called Polykill, where uh, people, you know, they, they kind of talk to one another about beating games on their backlog. So, uh, again, another, another check mark in the old box of Travis did pretty good at picking a co-host. Um, very cool. So you have a lot of a lot of really cool games on that list you'll be getting around to. So you said you put Soul Blazer on that list, which makes you a pretty cool guy. I'd like to think so. But are the uh, have the other of the the other folks in the group have they gotten around to playing it yet? Have they have they gotten around to sending you thank you cards for putting it on the list yet? No. As with most projects, we started it up and 
a couple of the other people lost a little bit of steam. Not that I don't yeah. think that they'll get back to playing it, but uh, or playing through the games on the list. But ultimately, I have made it farther than any of them at this point, and it is it's a late round pick. So yeah. there's the the list is structured in such a way where each round you choose between one of three games, and the idea being there's a short, medium, and a long length game in there so that depending on where you are in life you know what Mm -hmm. other games you have on the old now playing list at the time you can pick one that kind of slots in nicely and so this one i think was in the middle slot like it's one of the mid-length probably 20 hour games but uh it's a late round pick so they haven't quite made it to it and i don't know that they will because a lot of people have been riding that left quick easy beat <laughs> column <laughs> they're like oh yeah i'll play through kirby's adventure oh yeah i'll play through mario kart double dash i got an hour i think that's cool though maybe we should um you know after you dominate that list get a little something going here for the podcast because th- there are some some t- you know games that i need my arm twisted to play a little bit hmm. the thing the thing that i i'm really bad about you know stuff like like game of the month stuff and that kind of thing like I'm okay somebody recommending me a game, but telling me when to play it is is hard for me to to grasp because I kind of just do what I'm feeling. You know, I kind of especially for some some of the longer games or like you mentioned like so, you know, sometimes people just like to hug that left lane, and get all those easy ones and and I go through spells like that. And if the month and the game don't match up, you know, there's it's kind of a no-go. But if I get an option and I say, "Okay, here's a game on a list, I, you know, this is one I need to get to." I'm much more likely to put some time into it. So uh, I'd be excited to be a part of something like that because there are so many good games out there that I just, I'm like, not yet. And, and for some reason, I just always put it off. So that could really twist the old arm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as long as you won't, well, you can't abandon it, honestly. If you're going to keep having me on the podcast, I can yeah. heckle you every two weeks. So we'll know That's that you're, right. you're keeping it honest. So I yeah, need a we'll good heckling. I get by too easy on this podcast. I really need to get a good heckling. I really need someone to just really, really put the pedal to the metal on me over here. Speaking of though, you, you <clears throat> hopefully you were done talking about Soul Blazer because I'm already ready to segue. You got talking about Dark Cloud. You got my juices flowing. I'm over here gyrating in my seat. Dark Cloud Two is a game I, I mentioned uh, previously on the show, but I'm getting really far into it. And what's really cool, and I, I'll, I'll tell the story briefly again. I had started the game, actually did more than start it. I made it very far into the game back in 2003 when it came out. Made it very far into it. It was maybe the only game I played my entire freshman year of college. And then I took my PlayStation home maybe for the holidays. And my nephew, little guy at the time, didn't know any better, was playing around with the with the PlayStation and overwrote all three of my saves. Oh. With just like the first place you can save in the game. Just just you know, thumbing around like a like a six year old and just completely kerfuffled about seventy hours of my life. So I was kind of upset about that. <clears throat> I mean, he didn't he didn't know any better. I wasn't, you know, I, I probably was a little upset with him for a while, but, you know, he's a kid. It's it's no big deal. But I was upset enough to where I was like, ah, I feel burned enough. I couldn't go back to the game right away. Obviously, I mean, it's a lot of time. You know, you don't want to go yeah. back and do all that stuff over again. And really, it took until about now for me for that to wear off. So it took, I don't even know what's the math on that, 17 years before I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. And I'm I'm impressed, number one, with how much I remember. Like, I couldn't have told you anything in that game past the first couple levels. And I was like, did I only get to the first couple levels? Because I can't think of any. But now when I every time I get to a new section, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So it's, it's kind of a cool 
like you know memory trick. I don't replay a lot of stuff. I don't rewatch a lot of movies. So this has been fun for me to be like, oh, I really do have a working memory. That's fun. Um, the other thing is the game. You know, even for its time, I thought it was great back then, but. Now I see how well it holds up. It has so many systems. The game is maybe arguably wrought with with systems in it. <laughs> I mean, there is a golf mini game. There's you know you can you can transform into monsters. There's a whole invention thing. There's a whole picture taking thing. But the game does a pretty good job of working you into those so that it doesn't feel off the bat like holy shit, this is so much to do. Um, but I've been trying to do as much of it as I as I you know feel like I have time for her that actually matters. But um, what a what a great game! And and again, I I've sung the praises or sang sung sang or sung. Sang I or have whist, I have whistled the tune of praises for Dark Cloud for years. But I'm starting to think Dark Cloud Two is just it's just so much better. It's not even in the same league. It just hasn't been played by as many people. Is the wow. problem with that one? But, that, that's, but it's very that's good. A big one. It's very good, man. I would I, get to that one day. Please put that on a list somewhere. So that's one of those games that I feel really bad about not having beaten. Because I sing the praises of Dark Cloud 1 all the time. And I have mm-hmm. played Dark Cloud 2 a fair bit. I probably got 20 hours in, 30 hours in. The structure of the game is sort of like broken up into these individual cities that you're working to repair. And I want to say I got to like the third one. Okay. I want to say it was an underwater city maybe i'm not oh that seems sure. like the fourth one you're out there on the beach in uh valencia i i i believe you probably don't remember any of that but believe believe me believe me i, yeah. I totally believe you but uh <laughs> but yeah and and i remember loving it but for some reason i just couldn't get all the way through it i remember two things about that game one is the golf mini game that you mentioned sfida sfida yeah and that is the best part of the game, hands down for me. Like, I remember playing that almost <laughs> exclusively. I would get through dungeons and stuff just so I could go back and play golf. Like, that's yeah. all I cared about. Even though going back, it, it might be a little bit uh, lighter in terms of mechanics than I remember. But And, and the other one was they added, like, uh, you needed to find materials, I want to say. This is mm-hmm. all just the fuzzy back memory I have. Oh, you, it's it's good and fuzzy, though. You got it. No, you, you do but have to you, find, you find stuff like to build. You wood and, and yeah. straw and things, and you'd rebuild parts that way. And I remember thinking, That's just, this is a cool way to add on to the first Dark Cloud to, to expand on it. It gave it a little more depth, which I think maybe burned me out or distracted me at the time where I had to think harder and I didn't want to. But <laughs> I respect him for doing it, and I want to go back and, and play through it because I have a feeling that setting them both side by side, I might have a lot of real nice things to say about too. Yeah, for sure. And, and and to your point, before we move on here, I think when I was in college, I wasn't patient enough for a lot of these systems either. I don't think I took the time to to read a lot of what was it was telling me or whatever, and so I fumbled through a lot of that stuff, which is why it took me so many hours to get to where I was in the game because I'm mm-hmm. I'm near the end right now, and because I remember my memory card when when the event happened, you know, <laughs> when 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 it all went down, <laughs> I, when I remember. Out. It was like the save things were like 77 hours, 75 hours, 74 hours was like the the three slots that I had. And I'm back there now in like 50, uh, close to the end. So I'm like, there was about 20, 25 hours there where I was like, how do you build a house again? Like, should I have read something? Because I was just clicking through dialogue and being just an impatient person. But I think I have a better appreciation for it all now that I've seen, you know, nearly 20 years go by. And I'm like, wow, this game is still really well made it's it's incredibly uh, put together so dark cloud 2 everybody yeah a lot of nice things to say about our games this week for sure 
sing, singing the praises. So I got one left here, and I All also right. have nothing but nice things to say about it. I'm playing through Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch. So we'll get down to it in the old beat section, but one of the games that I just recently finished up was a heavy boy. It was oh. Last of Us 2, which is oh. just 20, 30 hours of, of soul crushing. But Oof. coming off of that, you know, I was sitting there, I was talking to the lady friend, and we're like, we need something to remind us that life is good and worth <laughs> living. And so we pulled out. I pulled out six or seven games, um, sort of a uh, habit we have when we're not entirely sure what we want to play, is I'll just kind of pull a few things down that, that match my mood at the time, and we'll just go process of elimination. We'll knock them out until we get to the one that we want to play. And we landed on Nino Kuni, barely edging out a couple other good ones like Hyperlate Drifter. But uh, this game is so perfect for what I needed. It is joy. It is color. It is fun. It is just a bunch of cute little Pokemon-looking monsters running around inside this Ghibli world. And it <laughs> is impossible not to smile. It's so good. I don't know if you have played this one in particular, but uh, you should. No, yeah. I've not. I, I've I always, you know, I, I see that title uh, or the, you know, the Nino Kuni series. And I just think that the name sounds fun to say. But <laughs> that's all I know about it. Honest to God, I know nothing else about it. You could show me a screenshot, and I had I would have no idea what I was looking at. So oh okay yeah and this uh, so this game is a collaboration between Level Five that's done some other RPGs, including like uh, Rogue Galaxy and, and some other juicy ones, uh, and then uh, Studio Ghibli, which is the animation oh, studio yeah. that everybody loves, Princess Mononoke stuff like that, and so the music was done by the same composer that does all the music for those films. The art direction is all done, like the the animated cinemas and stuff are all done by that studio, and then the actual in-game graphics are designed to look a lot like a Ghibli movie. And they okay. do really good with the, the towns and stuff. They make them feel very dense and very full of life and having a lot of little, like, things to see and little characters doing quirky stuff. It, it feels like a very rich, very well-realized world in the same way that those movies um, have well-realized worlds, so... It okay. is something like uh, Pokemon-type combat system. So you you have these familiars that you'll summon out, and then they, they will run around the battlefield and take commands from you, but then sort of act independently on their own. So I'm still kind of feeling out that combat system a bit. But just the art direction alone, just like the world, is is beautiful. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I'm looking at some screenshots here, and I... It, again, if you now going back to what I said before, if you'd showed me a screenshot, I would have just said that's a Studio Ghibli movie. I wouldn't have even known that was a game. So yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Perfect. Is this one you would recommend for someone who's never played anything in the in the series? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think this is the first game in the series. If I recall, there was a DS game that was also Nino Kuni. I don't know if it was the same game that just kind of got reworked for PS3 or if it's its own thing. But this is a, a high high recommendation. It also, for me, comes with a little bit of extra bonus because everything that I do around games, I guess, I have a competition going in some way. But I had mm. a competition going with a friend of mine to see who could play this game first, which seems like the dumbest idea, but we both have wanted to play this game for a long time. This is someone who is separate from the people that I'm doing the, that other list with. Oh, um, you have upwards of at least... Now I'm, I'm, I'm hearing here, but you got about six friends. This is great. 
<laughs> I've tricked you into thinking that there's six, but it's really just four. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she and I have both really wanted to play this for a long time. You know, it since it came out in 2011 or something, I bought it right away with intents to play it and just sat on the shelf. It sat on the shelf. It sat on the shelf. And eventually um, we started up this competition about a year ago that said first person to play this game wins the bragging rights. And a year later, neither of us had started it. But finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get those bragging rights. I intend to smear it in her face on Facebook Messenger. Heck yeah. And so, yeah, we started it up, and I win. And so now I, it's like I get a beat in that competition, and then somewhere down the line I'll get another beat. Man, you're just all about that winning, dude. That's two great. For, two for one. And to bring this back around full circle to Dark Cloud, as all things should, uh, it's it was created, Nino Kuni is created by Akihiro Hino, who created Dark Cloud. So it's got a good pedigree. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. Level five. Come on. Get get away from Yokai Watch and, and make more uh, good games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Have you played Yokai Watch? I've never played it. No, but I know that's all they, they care about these days. Poor they Yokai Watch. Do, they just want to put out some Yokai Watch. I mean, I'm sure it prints money. But you know what would print my money? Some Dark Cloud 3. That's what it would do. Amen. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get you back in the hot seat, shall we? Let's do it. All right. The Sun... Do you fear or respect it? I fear how much I respect it. Good answer. Favorite food to smell? Anything I'm about to eat? Very good. A lot of people say onions, but you you went with the wise choice. Hmm. Anyone in your family a cannibal? Do I have to know that they're a cannibal? Can I make an educated guess that they probably are? (laughs) Sure. Either way, the answer is no. Oh, good. Uh, creepiest Backstreet Boy. Uh, I'm going to take the unpopular answer and go with Justin. Oh, man. I think it's Kevin. But Justin Justin was creepy. Hmm. What is a birthday cake? Wow. Uh, a mistake because you should have got a pie. An opportunity hmm. to disappoint yourself. Not a birthday cake fan. Thanks. I was curious. I, I wasn't sure. Thank you. Hmm. All right. Guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, be sure to check us out on the website at polykill.com for more shows. We got Drunk Friend, which is hosted by myself and Alex, aka Snestrunk, and we interview lots of different content creators in the space. There's Tales of the Lesser Medium, where again, I'm involved, and Caleb J. Ross joins me to make fun of your favorite video game narratives. And then there's Off Kilter, which is a show hosted by our pal Briz and is about absolutely nothing, but it does have sound effects. Beautiful. And if you would be so kind, help out the show, hop on to whatever your app of choice is, give it a rating, give it a review. It means a lot. It'll help us out, boosts it up in the old algorithm. And, you know, if if you're just going to go give a review because you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling this new host. This guy's Mm. not doing it for me. Well, maybe give me a couple episodes. Have some some consideration. But otherwise, if you still like Trev, go give it a review. Uh, Polykill also has a Patreon. Uh, you can visit patreon.com forward slash polykill and find a tier that works for you if you're interested in helping out the show. As of right now, uh, the Discord is closed to new members. We'll get that back open in a few weeks. And the reason it's closed is because it was it was too good. And honest to God, we just wanted to, to, hey, slow down. We need to get to know everybody in here because it has been a hoot. So uh, thanks to everyone that has joined that and participates on a somewhat minute-to-minute basis. It has been great. It is an amazing Discord full of a lot of wonderful people. and And if you join... You know, every couple hundred episodes, maybe you'll get tapped and you'll be a host. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) 
it could happen. It could be you. It could be you. Uh, but other, otherwise, if you're not in the Discord, if you can reach out to the show via email, we always love that too. Polykillpodcast at gmail.com so we can answer some questions. And by the we, I mean Trav likes it. I like it when I used to listen to it. And yeah, I hope to be yeah. on the receiving end of that. Yeah, I will uh, I will withhold all, all of the mean ones uh, that come from this episode uh, to spare you and your feelings. But, um, but please, people, send me mean emails. That's all I care about. I love them. <laughs> They're the best. Uh, okay, let's, you know, let's do... Let's go through some games that we beat here, and then I'll save a hot seat for after that. So, you've got you've got quite a few here, and that's very good. That's very good. I am not used to being, I'll say this, beaten on the beats when it comes to the Polykill podcast. It's a very rare thing. Uh, I'm staring down one right here, so I'm going to spritz it in the middle <laughs> at some point. So you take it away here. What have what have you what have you done? Yeah, we've we've done some work in the last couple weeks, and I will say. I, I did not try to pad the numbers to, to look like a master beater, all right? I, <laughs> these are these are all from the last two weeks. I know what you're thinking. He just pulled every game he's beaten from the start of time because he's never been on an episode before. But no. <laughs> these are just I have the, the tweets actually weeks. to prove all of these, and I will say I think you left some out. So this is – take it away. <laughs> so the first one I played through, which might be the favorite that I played. I don't know. There's a lot of good games this uh, this last two weeks is a game called Moon Remix RPG Adventure. This game is pitched as the anti-RPG. So if you're not a fan of RPGs, this is the one for you. Hmm. Uh, but this game came out originally on the, the PS1. And for many, many years, it was sort of in like translation limbo. At the time, there were some ads in magazines saying that this was going to be brought over and translated. Uh, and then it just never happened. And then there were some fan translations that were going on, and those always fell through or never completed. But finally, and somewhat randomly, it it got translated and brought over in English on the old Switch just nice. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so I was able to play through it, and it is just a blast. It's the the it's pitched as an anti RPG, but really there's not much RPGing to be had. It's much more of like a point-and-click adventure style game interesting so you you play as this kid you get sucked into an rpg and you're following around this hero who is your traditional rpg hero you know he's ironclad sword and board he's Mm -hmm. killing enemies to get experience and things like that and you are the antithesis to that hero trying to rather than kill enemies to get experience you're trying to save enemies and help people to fill the world with love oh okay and and so you kind of follow in the the footsteps of this guy's adventure cleaning up his mess basically and you'll come across a slayed monster that he's defeated and its corpse will be laying there on the ground and then somewhere in the area its spirit will be floating around too and you'll investigate the corpse you get a little bit of information around what type of monster this was what uh its behavior was like and that will key you in on how you can reunite its spirit with its body. And so you then mm-hmm. do whatever you need to do, solve whatever puzzle you might need to, and you can reunite the spirit with the monster, which sort of revives it, I guess. Functionally in the game, what ends up happening is a claymation UFO comes and picks the monster up and carries it <laughs> off to the moon, I think. Oh, oh like, that would make sense. Quite literally, the moon. Uh, but in theory, you've revived it, you've saved it, and then you get a little bit of love. And the more love you get, you level up. 
those level ups give you more stamina to explore the world more because it also has this Majora's Mask style day night cycle going on where different things happen at different times. It's it's wild. And all of this has this like dreamlike quality to it where the dialogue's all kind of weird, the the enemies speak in gibberish a lot of times. It's just it's a bonkers game, but it's a ton of fun and it's one that I have had on my wish list for many many years i thought you know what this game's never coming out i'm just gonna pick up a copy and and trudge my way through it not knowing any japanese but didn't have to (laughs) could you have done it looking back is that would that have been impossible no i couldn't even do it in english without a guide i had to look stuff (laughs) up a couple of times i will say googling it here looking at the art style it's very interesting like it's um it's it's not it's not like many things I've seen before. It kind of reminds me of I want to say Braid, like the way it just kind of looks and Art stills. Style, yeah. I, I haven't played it. I don't know what it looks like in movement, but but yeah, it's uh, it's very intriguing and it sounds fun. That's a, such a great idea. I love it when they they take like the concept of a game and sort of uh, in a meta way turn it on its head. And I think that's that's such a good idea. Yeah, they, and they play a little bit with the the themes you might expect around, you know, is is the hero actually the villain type of thing? Like is his path of destruction worth what he's doing? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a goofy game. I think the easiest way mechanically to explain it is sort of like uh, Luigi's mansion maybe. So in Luigi's mansion, there'd be all those special ghosts. Like there'd be a piano playing ghost and then you'd have to play the right tune on a piano to be able to mm-hmm. get that ghost to appear and suck it up. And, and sort of the same deal here. You, you're figuring out what action you need to take in order to get him to show um there's there's one that's like a dog monster and when you inspect its corpse it says oh you know what uh this 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 dog doesn't have any territory of its own but it really gets curious about the territory of other animals and so what happens is if you wait around till a certain time of night another dog will run up it'll pee on a tree and then the spirit of this dog monster appears to smell the pee and that's the ah. only time where you can capture it. So stuff like that. A lot of context clues and whatnot. Yeah, it sounds like it, it knows how to make you laugh, too. That sounds pretty fun. Real funny. Pretty funny. Real good. Yeah. On top of Moon, we also played through a game called Banjo-Kazooie The Jiggies of Time. And I know what you're thinking. Banjo-Kazooie The Jiggies hey, I'm thinking Will Smith. I did not know what you were thinking. <laughs> you went a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you, the listener, are thinking. I've played Banjo Kazooie, and I've never heard of that game. Well, you're not you're not wrong. It I'm not surprised you haven't because it just came out. But Banjo Kazooie Jig is a time is uh I guess it'd be a ROM hack. I guess it, is it a ROM hack a mod? I'm never. Really I think sure that would be the, a ROM the delineation. But uh, yeah, it's it's a hack of Banjo Kazooie that takes place in the Ocarina of Time world. So you run around in all the different levels and temples and dungeons that you're familiar with from Ocarina of Time, but they're all redone to be functional Banjo-Kazooie 3D platformer levels. And so you're, you know, you're running around the Deku Tree, Dodongo's Cavern, all that stuff, collecting jiggies, notes, all the stuff you're used to in a Banjo-Kazooie game. And then on top of that, you're doing a bunch of other really weird crazy stuff too because they threw in about a hundred different references to other games on top of that yeah i did watch you play it and we were trying to like we were looking at enemies like what game is he from like is that a Mm -hmm. is that a donkey kong 64 enemy stuff like that so yeah it was it was really 
I'm referencing watching you play on play it on stream. Um, yeah, it was it was really fascinating. They did a really good job with that. It's a full game. Like it it actually yeah. kind of blows my mind. They completely compo- recomposed the Ocarina of Time soundtrack to be like in the style of Banjo Kazooie or in the style of that rare uh, Grant Kirkhope mm-hmm. style music and all that instrumentation. They took yeah. all the levels and they reworked them so that you know where you're going, you're familiar with it from Ocarina of Time, but they're completely like original 3D platforming levels and, and sections that weren't in the original levels but make sense in the context of them. It's done super, super well. And there's a million little Easter eggs hidden all throughout. You find hidden boxes of N64 games. You find levels that are references to other Zelda games, other games of the those time periods you get to play a couple levels in other games it's just it it's like a five-year labor of love by a real small team i think the main guy's name is mark kirko and and kudos to them for for all the hard work i don't know heck yeah man it it sounds like they really got jiggy jiggy with it (laughs) how how long were you holding that in did you want me to keep that in (laughs) from the minute i said will smith (laughs) i was thinking of a way way to squeeze it out there you know, you know me. Yeah. Absolutely. It does sound cool, though. I mean, it looked cool. I'm not just saying it sounded cool because you, d- you described it. I actually watched you play it some, and it was it was mind-blowing, to be quite honest with you. For a while, I remember watching you play it. Uh, well, I, I usually do other stuff um, while I'm taking in a Twitch stream. And so I was kind of, you know, I was listening to you. I was chiming in, we're go- having some back and forth, and I was watching you play. I was like, oh, yeah, banjo, because it's cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and then uh, we turned the, turned the volume down a little bit, maybe edit some audio and look back over. I oh, still playing banjo, because it's cool, 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 cool. Then at some point it reached like, I was like, that's not, that's not banjo kazooie. <laughs> that's not it. That's not it at all. So I had to, I sent you a message. I was like, hey, sorry, man. I know I've been in here for about mm, three hours. What are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? When you when you asked, I was like, "Oh, is he is he being a nice guy? Is he lobbing like a softball up to let me introduce the game to some new viewers right now?" No, <laughs> he just he's just not paying attention. He doesn't know. Wasn't paying attention at all. Uh, good times, good times. Hey, speaking of good times, here's a game that isn't one of those. It's called Family Dog. Now, a lot of people would say, "What you beat Family Dog? I would never hurt an animal." Okay, I just wouldn't do it. Um, but. This game is on the Super Nintendo. It's called Family Dog, and it's based on a cartoon from the 90s, which I wasn't aware of it. I think maybe it only went one or two seasons. Do you know anything about Family Dog, the cartoon? No, and when I saw that this was your only beat, I honestly thought it was a joke. So we're we're here and we're fresh. Well, you know me. You know me, always joking around, getting jiggy with it and all that. But... This game is only it takes about 15 minutes to beat which is like should I even be on this podcast still should should you find another should you find a co-host you know we're we're to that point I got some of the pipe though just give me time but this game it, it was kind of funny because on a drunk friend podcast uh, it kind of came up and I I own the game I've had it for a while and I, I kept kept seeing it on the shelf and I was like looking for games to play one night I'm like I need something quick and easy I need I need a beat and uh, I just kept like, nah, I don't know about Family Dog. And I just keep going through and be like, nah, 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 nah. But it was in the back of my head. I'm like, should I just give that game a try, whatever it is? Not even really sure what it is. Assuming it's bad, but not really sure what it was. And on the Drunk Friend podcast, someone had uh, sent an email in asking like, you know, what should they do for uh, some some marathon gaming thing? And I was like, you should play, you should do a good old boy uh, section for your, for your stream. Get Beethoven in there. Do... Uh, 
Ren and Stimpy and Family Dog. You know, get get all the dog games in there. There's tons of cat games and whatever else. And Alex was like, oh, no, don't play Family Dog. It's it's awful, and it only takes like 15 minutes to beat, which sounds bad to him. But to me, I was like, did you say it only takes 15 minutes to beat? And so <laughs> I, after that podcast, I get it all edited, probably watched you play Banjo-Kazooie, had no idea, and then ran into my – like just tripped trying to get the game into my Super Nintendo fast enough so I could get a beat. And it took me. It actually took me a couple nights because it's kind of tricky. There's a learning curve, but it is. Um, I will say the cool thing about this game is that it is animated and drawn. Um, I mean, it almost looks hand drawn. I, I should have looked into like exactly how it was artistically rendered, but it, it looks a lot like the cartoon. It looks really good. Like I, I compared the two on a YouTube video. Was like, wow, they did a really good job with this. Because of that, though, it doesn't have like the hit detection that it needs, and everything's a little weighty and it feels kind of weird and stiff. But for 15 minutes of fun. Nah, what are you going to do? But uh, de- definitely got the beat. So Family Dog, I w- can't recommend it. I'd say just get a real dog if you're going to go that route and and avoid the game. As long as we're on the topic of games that are no fun, uh, let me pull another one out that is not fun, but not because it's not a fun game to play, but because it's not a fun game to experience, I suppose. It yeah. leaves you feeling oh, awful. Yeah. Last of Us Part Two, And this oh, one... Oh, man. Incredible game, like... Real masterclass in like cinematography, design, graphics, visuals, whatever words you want to use. But the actual experience of playing it is rough because the whole game is just essentially about how revenge is a never-ending cycle. How anything that somebody does to you, if you do it back to them, they're just going to do it back to you again worse. Um, it's it, It's hard to get through and it gets harder the deeper you go. It's a lot of fun. I'd recommend it. But man, it is, it is a brutal one. But uh, that one, because it was so hard to play, me and my girlfriend have been playing through it together. Well, I've been playing it, and she's been watching. But um, right, you had someone to at least share some of that uh, heavy emotional burden that it gives you, huh? Exactly, and that ended up working against us because it also meant that we both had to be in the mood to like experience that. We both had to be willing to get upset. <laughs> Anytime we were going to play it, which which caused us to drag it out a little bit because we'd be one of us would be like, oh, you know what? I think we should probably play some Last of Us Part Two today, and the other would be like, oh, I don't know, it's rough work day. I'm looking for something easy. Let's let's not. And eventually, yeah, we reached a point where we're like, we just gotta we just gotta be unhappy for a little while. We just gotta get through this thing. I know I I get that sentiment a hundred percent. I get it about the game, like a game that's not fun, but maybe it's interesting and and it it has an allure. Obviously, it's well made. Like Hellblade was like that for me. Mm. I'm like I I don't know that I enjoy this, but I have to keep going. There's something about it. I'm I'm drawn to it. But I I, I gotta say, minute to minute, I'm not having a blast because it's it's kind of heavy, and it's it's dark and it's it's not you know it's it, there are moments where it's not very fun, and also thinking about uh, my wife and I watching uh, the Man in the High Castle. We've put it off for a while now. We're we're dragging it like real slow because it's like do do we want to watch Nazis be oppressive dicks yeah. in a made up timeline or uh, do you want to just watch Cake Boss? Let's just watch cakes yep. do stuff, you know. So I totally get that hundred percent. Yeah, I, same way. Saying to yourself, you know what? Now would be a good time to play a game about all of the horrible repercussions that came out of a global pandemic. Now's the perfect time for that. <laughs> yeah. And what if we were to play a game where the story not only covered that, but then also talked about how humans in the aftermath of that are awful to each other and it will never work. 
it, it's a big ask, but we, we were able to make it through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you got through, and it sounds like you have, uh, obviously, some affinity for it. You recommend it, clearly. I do. And, I mean, the 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 horrible feeling you get playing it is definitely kind of the the major pole to stick in the ground when you're talking about it but it is a very well made stealth game it is fun the the combat can be fun minute to minute it's just the story as an overall experience will it'll it'll take some wind out of your sails it's a very draining game in a good way but that's not it there's more beats to come next up we got hot shot racing which just Hell came yeah. out the other day uh, this is a throwback to all of those classic 90s era mm-hmm. arcade racing mm-hmm. games. You know, Virtual Racer, a little bit of the Spirit of Outrun, stuff like that. Uh, it's got like something like 16 tracks, a bunch of different cars and stuff to choose from. And it just feels good to be playing a game like that again. You know, those types of racers don't come out too often anymore. People are either, they're either making a Mario Kart game. Or there's kind of that race to be like the prettiest, most realistic racer, like a Gran Turismo or a, or a Forza. So something that is real unapologetically like, hey, remember those old good games? We got another one of those for you. Is super cool. Mm. And just so happens that the music was done by friend of the network, Jason Heine. That's right. Had him on the uh, the old Drunk Friend podcast there a few weeks back and... Was happy that actually the day we recorded with him, um, he was able to to send out the tweet and point out when the game would actually be released, and so that was super exciting. And he was he was obviously very fun to talk to. But on the night that it did release, which I get what was it the tenth, eleventh, ninth, tenth, whatever Thursday it was, I think. Okay, it was on a it was on a Thursday back in Ot <laughs> twenty. We uh, I was jumping back and forth between your stream and his stream. You guys were both playing it. And, uh, yeah, dude, it looks great. I mean, it's – I got to say it's maybe even better than I expected, to be quite honest with you. It's its real good. And the sense of speed in it is is pretty dang impressive. I, if you have yeah. any affinity for those old-style games, you'll like it. Yeah. And you can also, if you if you like that soundtrack, you can go over to um, Honey House Entertainment on YouTube. He, uh, Jason put the ones up that he – composed uh on his youtube feed and i think one of the first ones he linked out was i mean it was so good and i left a comment that was like conceiving my second child to this and uh, he responded just a couple hours ago with capital ha 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 ha, (laughs) but i'm serious he thinks it's a joke but i'm like number two is going to come in on this heine house beat because that's pretty slick it's a beautiful soundtrack i hope the song was canyon Mm -hmm. run because that's that's the banger of bangers for that soundtrack. Canyon Run would be a very fitting uh, track title for that type of activity. I agree with you. But it's actually, it was called uh, 1991. Oh, dang. He, yeah. he actually, I think, also put up a like a mini documentary about creating the music. So just to round out that juicy plug, go check mm, that out on mm. his uh, YouTube channel because it was pretty interesting to watch. Very cool. And then in the spirit of arcade-style games... Uh, throwbacks to old games however whatever segue you want to grease it up with we also played through tony hawk one and two speaking of 1991 which not really but (laughs) i was trying i was trying to help you remember back in 1991 when you thought man six years from now a good skateboarding game is gonna come out (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah but uh i don't know what there is to say i imagine most people have been playing through but it just i was a tony hawk kid growing up I fell off somewhere in like the Xbox era, probably around the undergrounds is when I 
lost track, but the first the first four numbered ones, one through four, one through three mm-hmm. in particular, I played those to death. And and going back into those levels, going back into that world, is with a beautiful coat of paint has been just an absolute blast. Hearing all those old songs, I mean, Goldfinger's Superman, Millen Collins' No Cigar, it's just just a bunch of classic tracks from my early teenage years right on dude yeah i i have to be the one to admit that i have actually never sunk any meaningful time into a tony hawk game i i was just not into the skateboarding uh scene much and i think the game was actually was quite popular back then it wasn't like i didn't have access to it i just was like i don't know if that's my thing i was more into into sports that that involved inflated balls (laughs) But looking back now and just and honestly, just the amount of fun everyone else is having with it, I'm like, maybe this is my time to get in because it's not like I don't, you know, being a video game collector, I have 50 ports of every Tony Hawk iteration that you can come up with. They put that thing on everything. So I I should jump in. Do you think this is a good one to cut the teeth on? You know, amazing one to cut the teeth on because it's it's the first two again. Mm-hmm. But but modernized. It doesn't have all of the extra stuff that they added in in terms of like story and whatnot, which is where it started to lose people. But it does right. bring all of the mechanical advancements that the series have. So even though you're playing those first two, you're able to string together combos and stuff using like manuals and reverts and stuff that they added later in the series, uh, with, oh, which make it feel mechanically a lot better than those early ones did. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was like, so it has a lot of quality of life improvements over the first, but still maintains its, uh, I guess, you know, its its original feel. Yeah. And flavor. They tried to do that with Tony Hawk 5, and it was pretty hit or miss for people, I think miss for most people. And so them circling back again and, and trying this one more time and actually knocking it out of the park is just such a good feeling. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's get back on that hot seat, shall we? Whew. All right. Who would you rather kill, Tom Hanks or The Rock? Oh, no. Um, The Rock to prove that he can be killed. Wow. 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 Uh, What time did you wake up this morning? I woke up at a solid 10 a.m. Wow. Also, wow. <laughs> uh, where is your dad right now? In this exact minute, I'm going to say, you know, he's up on the Iron Range. He's in Minnesota. But more specifically, I think he's probably in the living room, sitting on the couch, reading a book about the Civil War. Wow. Three wows out of me. That's pretty pretty crazy. Saving a lot of time by recording one wow and then just editing it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to start doing that from now on. Uh, puppies. Love them. Big fan. Great. Literally was not 10 minutes before we started recording talking about how good puppies are. I was going to say forum or against them. Sounds like your forum. That's very good. Very good answer. Uh, favorite Spice Girl. Uh, back in the day, it was Baby. But that's the wrong answer. I think Scary is the right answer in 2020. Nice. Me too. Same. Wow. <laughs> wow. Cool. Good job. All right. Let's go to the beat tweets. We're moving the we're moving the beat tweets out of the basement. We're putting them up here in the it's still close to the basement, but we're, we brought them out of the basement. We're bringing them up, blowing the dust off of them, and we're going to share everyone, not everyone's, but we're going to share some beat tweets here. But first, 
Let's give a shout out to that fucking poly killer. The one, the only. The Corpse Flood. And my God, you know, Blinkerton, St- uh, Stanley, Stephen, uh, Stamos, he just <laughs> continues every week. And I know the man has a family. I know he does. He's shown us a picture of his family before. Not us, not me and you together. He doesn't, he wouldn't like text me and you and was like, check out my family. He didn't text you? But he's, no. Oh. No. Yeah, yeah, no, me, me neither. Yeah. It would be great. I'd like to I'd like to know his secrets for, for beating all these games. But um just so many. So I'll just rattle rattle them off here. I meant to share this this sheet with you, so I'm gonna have to do this by myself. But Corpus Flood here, beater beater of the century, of course. Uh Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk to Soul Divide, Strikers nineteen forty five, and then he also beat the second and third version of that, so I don't have to say Strikers nineteen forty five over and over again. Zero Gunner 2, Dragon Blaze, Peacekeepers, Brawl Brothers, Rival Turf, Marvel vs. Capcom, Infinite, Mother Russia Bleeds, Ruiner, Atomic Robo Kid, Elemental Master, and Ghost of Tsushima. My God. what blo- Good for you, Corpse Flood. Very impressive. Right? What, what always impresses me about Corpse Flood, and I've been on the receiving end of this because i've been trying to be a poly killer for many years all right <laughs> i've been chasing this dream forever and you know i used to go up against dean against round two mm-hmm. and you can't beat him and then corpse flood comes in and you can't beat him either but what always impresses me is you think oh you know he played through a compilation of games you know he found a collection he played through no he does some of that but then he mixes in a bunch of 40 hour triple a games some yeah. random indie stuff like there is truly no logic other than this guy is a beating machine. I know. I know. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. You get to the end of that list and you're like, okay, you, you, you picked up a compilation and you run it through. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima also got beat. Wow. <laughs> yeah. it's Wow. Good, and good he's got a job. It's not like he just sits at home playing games all day and, and, and tweeting me. He's he's just a, a better man than I. I tell you that. That's that's why I tricked you into letting me on the show. Is I can't ever be a poly killer, so I'll just hold the audience hostage and make them listen to my beats. It's true. It's true. Can you imagine having Corpselet over here as a, as a co-host, just shaming everyone for not being as godly <laughs> as him? I couldn't imagine. It wouldn't be fun. Uh, round two gaming though, he did come in second, as you mentioned uh, before. He's a tough one to to beat as well. He got uh, a good snowman is hard to build, which I have to agree with. You know, that's a game, by the way, but I, you know, have to agree with that sentiment. Uh, Akala Beth, Baba is You, The Witcher 3, a big one, Lazy Galaxy Rebel Story, Earthworms, A Cane, <laughs> the ones I don't know if I spelled right, I always say like that, A Cane, Raji, and Ancient Epic. So there's those. I haven't heard of many of those, but The Witcher 3, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a, that's quite the mix. I think the only one of those I've heard of is Raji, and that's because it's, it like came out recently, but. What a wild list. Very cool. I know. I know. I'm so glad that we had invoked the screenshot at some point because he, you could literally at this point just type anything to me. You could say a good snowman is hard to build, and I'd be like, that's <laughs> definitely not a game. But he had the screenshot to prove it, so there you go. But let's go through some of the beat tweets here. Uh, just real quick, we don't want to belabor this, but we want to make sure people get recognized for beating and a tweeting. First up here, Disposed Hero beat Marvel's Avengers. He says, aside from some repetitive mission objectives and recycled environments, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It feels more suited toward multiplayer, which I'm sure would have been a lot more fun. But I had a good time with it. So there you go. Crystal Dynamics, Marvel's Avengers said it was good. Awesome. Next up, we have Briz at Hokey Briz. The Last of Us 2 is a fable of why an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. 
loved it. And that's a much more succinct way of the misery I already shared. So I agree, Briz. <laughs> he was so he was so sad after he beat it. He was like, I, I got room for about eight words. Yep. That's about it. That's all I can see through these watery eyes. Uh, the old-ass retro gamer. He's, he says, just beat Luigi's Mansion on the Nintendo GameCube. Fun game, but the camera angles and controls get in your way more often than not. It can be frustrating, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. Good, but not great. I gotta say, I think I agree completely with that. I gotta say I don't, but I'm happy for you. Man, I fought with those controls in that. I, I haven't vacuumed my house since I played that game. I was so mad at vacuum cleaners. I just live in I just live in squalor and filth now. Uh, I played it right when it came out, and I was still impressionable enough where I was just like, yeah, these these are fine. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. Next up, we got Corpse Flood. You know him. You love him. Zero Gunner Two. Another shoot 'em up with some cool visuals and transforming bosses. This one seemed really short, but fun and well designed. The original thing about this one is you're a helicopter, and it lets you adjust the angle you shoot at. Fun stuff. Sounds a bit like Under Defeat on Dreamcast and PS3, which was a good game. So based on the screenshots, seems fun. Heck yeah. I love any chance I can to be a helicopter. Up next, Corpse Flood. Maybe you've heard of him. He just beat Dragon Blaze. Decided to break out the Switch and check out the Psycho Sikyo. How do you say that, Blink? Sikyo? Sikyo, I think. Psycho collections i really enjoyed the art style and feel of this one but apparently you're at war with turtles who has a problem with turtles maybe i'm the bad guy in this one wild no kidding turtles are sweet leave them alone and we've got another one from corpse flood game 100 beaten this year the peacekeepers third game in the rushing beat trilogy and definitely the best one these games improved with each release, and this one has branching paths, different endings, and tries to have a more complex story. A great game. That was only... Do you feel like 100 that, is low? That is, I'm like 100 low. this week? There's no way where you... you mean week? I think you've been forgetting to keep track, Corpse Flood, because that is <laughs> impossibly low. He's like, I'm sorry, I meant it's the, game, it's the 100th game I've beaten on a Tuesday. I'm sorry about that. I left out a couple <laughs> words there in the old tweet. He doesn't talk like that. Uh, next up, Frankie. Just beat it. Arkham City. Yeah, still prefer Asylum between the two. Love the gliding and more streamlined combat here, more streamlined combat here. but the story in Asylum along with just the right amount of collectibles puts that at a top for me. I agree with that. I, the City's not one I've played, but uh, sounds believable. Yeah, it's fun, but uh, I'm more of an Asylum guy, I think. Same, yeah. Round 2 Gaming. Baba Is You might be my new favorite puzzle game. If you're a fan wow. of these block-pushing puzzles, stuff like Eggerland series of games, this will be right up your alley. Highly recommended. You know, uh, round two, I think I might agree with you there. Baba Is You is really, really good. Yeah, and I love the Eggerland series is essentially the Lolo series, which I'm a huge fan of on the NES. So um, that's pretty pretty good recommendation coming from our friend Dean there. Uh, okay, almost done here. This one, a tweeter that I had not seen beater before, JJS Boyce. Hello, JJ. Thanks for uh, tweeting the show. Super Mario Run, a surprisingly worthy mobile entry in Nintendo's Ultimate Flagship series, but I think 100%ing it to get all the topiary, 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 would take 100 hours. And, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say quit while you're ahead, but that's cool. Not many mobile games make it on the old beat sheet, so good job. Yeah. Fun game, too. Awesome. Briz again at Hokey Briz. Just finished up Oryx Must Die 3 on Stadia. Love the game, especially co-op. Very happy with no input lag via Stadia, but graphics weren't quite as crisp as a locally run game. Overall, great experience. 
Cool stuff. High praise for the Stadia. High praise for that Orcs Must Die 3. I love the Orcs Must Die series. Never played one. Don't even know what type of game they are. Oh, they're they're uh, first person, well, technically third person, over-the-shoulder dungeon defender or um, like tower defense. You set some traps. Orcs are coming through. They're trying to get point A to point B. You run around. you got a weapon. You can shoot them, but you can also put traps on the walls and ceilings to wipe them out, and it's, it's pretty funny, and it, uh, it plays pretty well. It's pretty fun. Check them out. Uh, last here, we got Michelle at Petey Puff. She says, uh, I'm so excited I finally get that beat tweet. Just finished Odin Sphere Left Thrazer. Leaf Thrazer? Left Thrazer? Leaf Leaf Thrasier. Thank you. Fun game with an exceptional art style and interesting battle system. Wish there was more diversity in the enemies and boss battles, but a beautiful game I really enjoyed. Thank you, Michelle. All right. So that is the... The Beat Tweet segment, I will say, a little longer this time because there was a big gap between shows. So I wanted to fit a few in, get a few more shout-outs in here. But thanks so much. So remember, if you beat a game, you can take a screenshot, hashtag it, just beat it, make sure you at Polykill in there, write a nice sort of review in there, make it worth reading, and put it out there on Twitter. That would be fantastic. All right, so let's take it into a quick little collector's corner uh, before we jump into getting to know the co-host over here just a little more before we exit the show. And I got to say, I uh, this this here pandemic that we find ourselves in, uh, obviously, you know, we can't really, I mean, a lot of people are, I say we can't, but some people are just out there doing like living life like, like it's like it's ain't no thing. But I'm not going to any, I'm not going to any flea markets. I'm not rum- rummaging through yard sales. I'm not trying to do any of that right now. And because of that, all of my game buying all of my my collecting, all of that stuff has sort of moved to an online format. I I visit my favorite retro video game store online quite a bit, get a few shipments from there. But lately, and thanks to the Discord, had someone uh, that was was kind enough to to drop in there. They had some stuff they were trying to purge, and they thought of me, and they said, "Hey, guy, I know you like the uh, I know you like cluttering your shelves and and wasting all of your money on relics from the '90s that uh, you're probably not going to get around to playing anytime soon." Would you like to fancy a list of things I'm trying to get rid of? And I said, sir, most of what you said was offensive. Let me see that list. So he shares the list. And first, he has a big list of NES games. And thankfully, I also have a big list of NES games. But there were two on there I did not have. Two what I would consider big boys, boy with an eye. Wacky Races, that's a big timer. That's one you don't see very often. I have a hard time finding it anywhere. So that was on the list. And The Uninvited. So I picked up both of those. And by the way, all of this to mention that I'm not just bragging, but this is actually the biggest or the most amount of money I've ever spent on a single haul of video games. I'm quite embarrassed, which is why I'm sharing it on a podcast to be fortified in history forever. I don't know why that makes sense. Um, so the other games that I picked up were all PS1 stuff and all like – I should mention he had stuff on there that I, I still wanted and could not afford. I had to select these, and I still paid nearly a fortune for this, but he gave me a good price. Uh, I also picked up Vandal Hearts 1 and 2, Clock Tower, which is a which is a spooky one. Mm. I can't wait to get to one day. And Breath of Fire 3 and 4. So that, you know, that's only what? One, two, that's only like seven games. Yeah, but some, some meaty Roughly. boys in there for sure. Oh, very, oh, they're all meaty. They're all meaty. That was, it was the meatiest thing ever. And he gave me a little bit of a deal to the point that I was like, I felt pretty good about saying yes on it. And plus, I've just been hankering. I don't get to go out searching for games. I've just been looking for some of that new, new. I get like, my hankering is not so much, this is kind of weird, not so much the games and not like the, you know, because I do miss rummaging through people's junk. Like, you know, 
looking through stuff, trying to find the little piece of gray plastic. Everybody knows that shade of gray plastic. You can see it from a mile away if you're a collector. I miss looking for all that stuff, but what I really get excited for now since I'm deprived of that is literally just entering new games into my, like, collector app. <laughs> like, that feels so good. Sometimes I delete games and just put them back in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking own you. I don't know why. <laughs> I should talk to ther- it also. I should talk to a therapist, but it also came with uh, some homemade uh, uh, sriracha from a stranger. I can't wait to try. So... You might really do. You, you should look for a new co-host. At least have one in mind in case that uh, sh- sriracha doesn't work out for me. I know. Are, are you sure that that sriracha came as part of the same deal, or is that you know the package showed up and the bottle also was sitting on the doorstep, and you thought, oh, this must be connected? <laughs> I really should look into that. Maybe my uh, maybe the FedEx guy is trying to come on to me a little bit. Well, yeah, that, I, he could. That's an awesome list you got going there, and I'll I will be the first to be impressed that you've already started vandal hearts i am so bad about starting immediately a game that came in the mail because i i get into that habit of i put it up i get it all logged however it needs to get logged Mm -hmm. and i'm like all right i can't wait till i'm in the exact mood for that exact game let me go play this other thing and and no you yeah you you took it out of the package and put it right into the system good on you I did. Well, part part of the, the shopping experience was when I saw the list, I was like, Vandal Hearts, is it time? And I looked it up and I was like, I want to play that right now. That's, you know, so I was really excited before that one showed up. I really wanted to play it. But yeah, you, I do the same thing. I, I end up putting them on the shelf and then I'm just racked with guilt until I finally uh, play it. But that's, you know, that's the collector's dilemma. We all experience that. Mm-hmm. So... Let's do let's do one more hot seat and then uh then we'll 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 talk freely about uh who the fuck is Steve? You know, we'll we'll do that. <laughs> Who's your favorite developer? I was not expecting an earnest question. Oh my god, I'm I'm ready to answer a joke question here. Uh mm. gosh. T- let's say Wow. Uh Squaresoft specifically, not Square Enix, maybe Squaresoft. Okay, interesting. Uh, name a woman. <sighs> name a woman. I'd like to think that I've met at least one. And let me rack my brain. <laughs> oh, I know they're out there. There's, there's famous ones. I could pick one of them. Uh, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. You could name, literally name a woman. <laughs> we'll go with with Leah, my lovely partner. <laughs> I like that you're like and see. I can name a woman, or no, let me see. <laughs> or maybe I just could not do that. Uh, what color is your headband tonight? It is green with a Legend of Zelda logo on it. I think. Man. Yes. That is yeah. It does. That is accurate. I can see it. Uh, what uh, What was your favorite Polykill episode prior to this one? Hmm. <laughs> maybe. Let's say the one. There was one where I made a quiz that you guys had to answer. So I'll I'll go the egotistical route and I'll say that one where you had to answer the polykill quiz. That was a very cool quiz, by the way. That was very cool. And last video game that you purchased? That would be... I purchased them at the same time, and it was today. And it was Croc on the PS1 and Scalar on the original Xbox. Interesting. Croc. Wow. Yeah, never... never do, you, do you wear never Crocs? Played it. Are you a croc wearer? No. I'm an adamant no on on wearing of the crocs. Is that just not a Minnesota thing, or are you just too cool for it? Uh, More than I'm too cool for it, I guess. It is a Minnesota thing, but I think of it as an up north thing, and I'm a 
not up north type of guy. I associate it with the type of people that do all those types of things. You, when you say up north in, in, in Minnesota, you just mean more rural. Yeah, so, that, sorry. Old habits die hard, but yes, very rural, very <laughs> hunter, fisher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, good thing that you can't see my Crocs right now because uh, the desk cuts off the view of my um, my waist and below. You do, you buddy. So, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm actually not wearing. I've never even put a, put my foot in in a Croc. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what it's like. So, what's your gaming history? Where did it all start for you, man? What an enormous question. Uh, if you want, if you want the first game memory I have, uh, the the first one I vividly recall is probably five years old that would make sense of the timeline and it was christmas eve my sister snuck down at about midnight my sister's about 10 years older than me so she would have been you know mid-teens she snuck down woke me up at midnight says hey you know santa left the gifts we're looking good come upstairs let's open these bad boys (laughs) so i was like awesome let's let's do this thing and snuck upstairs ripped in at midnight into all the gifts what do i get sega genesis with sonic 2 so she helps me get it all hooked up to the big crt in the living room and from one in the morning until eight in the morning i played sonic 2 nonstop. And then my parents wake up they come out one they're already kind of disappointed that they didn't get to watch their kid open the christmas gifts <laughs> but yeah, but two they're like oh i see you got it all hooked up and i'm like in my in my head i remember it being like this i'm sure as a five-year-old it was a much less convincing lie but i said oh yeah you know i just woke up an hour ago and we got it all hooked up and i just started playing it which which didn't convince anyone when i fell back asleep at 10 in the morning i'm sure but uh yeah that that binge session of sonic 2 is is what i recall most yeah plus you're five you can't be blamed i feel like this is all her fault so amen if your parents had anyone to be upset with it should be your sister too true What's up with this streaming thing you, you're talking about here? You going you going on the internet? You're playing games in front of people. What's that like? So yeah, about five months, four months ago, something like that. I decided, you know what? It, one thing that you'll very quickly learn about me is that I love games, but I do good if I have some accountability to playing them. You know, mm-hmm. get invested mm-hmm. with uh, listening to a podcast that forces you to tweet out whenever you beat a game. You to get into it. Mm a competition trying to beat corpse flood <laughs> to, to beat more uh and then you always lose um you know yeah. tracking he's like game beating richard petty man you just can't and that's a nascar reference for people that don't know but he, at this point i don't even think there's a competition no you really can't uh when it comes to like tracking my games i i have to hold myself accountable to regularly update them in like five different places you know i i mentioned the mm. list earlier that i'm playing with friends basically anything i can do to to gamify and force myself to be accountable to play games I do. And so I was like, you know, what? I like the, the idea of streaming. I watch a lot of streams. I thought, I think it'll be kind of fun to, to play through some stuff myself. One, to play through the list, keep myself accountable on that. And two, there's all these types of games that I might otherwise never feel like I can get around to. Stuff like uh, Banjo-Kazooie Jiggies of Time, which is a ROM hack. Usually I probably wouldn't play that because, you know, I, I'd feel guilty popping that in versus something in the actual collection right you have a, right. a wall of stuff i you agree need to with play. that and so pull one off your shelf don't don't download this rom hack that that has no significance to to your collection overall and so that was a good opportunity for me to start playing through my games and uh checking out stuff like that that would be entertaining but i might otherwise not have the mental energy to start and yeah so i've been doing that three days a week 
for the last handful of months, every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, starting at 7 Central. We go in there, we play beautiful games. Soul Blazer, Jiggies of Time, all kinds mm. of cool stuff. Dark Cloud, early. Played some Super Meat Boy. I obviously baited you into watching because I just decided to play all your favorite games all at once. Dude, you and that's maybe this is, I'm now realizing, maybe this is the, the subliminal effect that it had was why I was like, I really want to talk to this guy a lot. because he's playing. <laughs> We evidently like the exact same games. It's pretty impressive. And uh, obviously you're very good at streaming, by the way, I should say, even for being four or five months in. And, you know, before now, uh, months ago, when I first caught on that you were doing it, uh, I was I was pretty impressed. It seems like you, you picked up, uh, I mean, a lot of people, it, it seems like an easy thing to do. You just turn a, you put, turn on a camera and, and play a game and, and, and talk to a, a stream of text. But there is something to it. There is personality that it requires, and there's a bit of, of management and friendliness and being welcoming and, and all that stuff that a good streamer has. And you have that. You're, you're very good at it. So I want to point that out. And for people who are listening to this who maybe – are looking for a, a new streamer or want to catch what Blink's playing, uh, please, what is that? What, what is the link, actually? Is Twitch, Twitch uh, what are you, you just Blink over there? Twitch.tv slash Blinkoom with an M. So B-L-I-N-K-O-O-M like Mega Man. It's very good stuff over there. Uh, speaking of, so you've kind of you've kind of mentioned a little bit about what you like. We like a lot of the same stuff. Uh, we like uh, we like our retro stuff. We'll play we'll play some of the AAA new stuff. Uh, you you have sort of an interest in some things that obviously aren't on my radar. You you play a lot of games that this don't um, you know I I would never have found Moon Re- Remix RPG for example, mm-hmm. but you know what are your favorite kinds of games? You know I know that's broad, but do you have a genre? Do you have a, an art style that you like? Yeah, and it's kind of hard to to answer what I think is true versus what it, what I wish was true. If that makes any sense. So for many many years. I would have said turn-based RPGs, JRPGs were my favorite, but I find it pretty hard to find time to start a lot of them these days. I mean, I I just started mm-hmm. Nino Kuni, so that's not always true. But uh, a lot of my favorites of yesteryear are things like Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, stuff like that. And so I would say RPGs tend to be my favorite when I can time, find time to play them. Otherwise, I really like platformers of any kind, specifically 2d precision platformers stuff like meat boy mm. uh right or on. like uh what is it v v v v v v v6 however you pronounce that game v's <laughs> a lot of v's you just say v until you don't feel like it anymore <laughs> so stuff like that or 3d platformers like jack and daxter banjo kazooie stuff like that i mean this is always the uninteresting answer that you hate to hear well, what type of music do you like oh i listen to all music oh thank <laughs> yeah. you but but it is legitimately true that almost any genre i can get into i mean there's a handful that i don't get super hot on but uh, by and large there's good games in any genre and i like them so yeah, I think you you, you kind of point at it from a different perspective in that you, you like a lot of different genres and a lot of different games, but it seems like you've always sort of had a beat on games. You've always, um, I mean, maybe that's not true, but it, it seems like you've always pretty well been in, invested and been on sort of the in the know when it comes to, to video games for many years. But for me, the reason that even this podcast exists, especially for me, is that I uh, I took a long time of just playing sports games and being sporty sporty a uh, sporty spice. <laughs> I was sporty spice for years, and I didn't have uh, my thumb on the on the latest and greatest. And many many years went by, and even growing up, I did I wasn't getting all the new and freshest stuff. I was I've always been several consoles behind and all this other stuff. And when it came to where I was, I had this like game enlightenment 
I was like, man, there's so many great games I need to get to and get to play. Uh, and, and this podcast is a way to hold me accountable to that. And so I, I like uh, a lot of different types of games or will play a lot of different types of games because I'm not as familiar with them. So like, you know, I, I get excited about stuff like Nino Cooney because I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I like that, but I definitely want to play it because I want to find out. I want to see what it's all about. So um, different perspectives, but it, it kind of meets in the same place, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And another thing that I know that we end up having in common a lot is I, I play a lot of stuff, but I also have an obsessive need to track it and, and oh, make yeah. sure that it's clearly documented somewhere. So this podcast just becomes another spot to do that. But I mean, when I, when I finish up a game, there is a whole ritual that I go through. So let's say, you know, I just finished last of us two. I will first will beat it. Got to take the screenshot for the beat tweet. Got to compose the beat tweet. <laughs> then I, for a decade now, for 12 years, I've been using uh, the website backloggery.com, which folks may or may not be familiar with, but it's a, a website to cl- to track your collection, what you've beaten and, and what you still have yet to beat, which is very handy. So I'll update it on backloggery. If it's something that I beat on stream, I have a list on my stream channel of everything I beat on stream. So I'll update the profile with that list. Got to. For no reason, hanging up in our living room downstairs, there's a whiteboard that I write every game that I've beaten up on the whiteboard. <laughs> and, and, and that's, it seems silly, but it started, so I, games is like my main hobby, obviously, but my partner, she is really into knitting, which has a lot of parallels to gaming actually like when you hear someone really passionately talk about knitting you could mad lib out knitting words for gaming words and they're having the same (laughs) conversations podcasts are the same but so she's a a huge knitter she's constantly making sweaters and, and cowls and shawls and all kinds of stuff socks so she on one half of the board writes every project that she's finished like the name of the this pair oh. of socks or this cowl or whatever it is and then i on the other side of the board write every game i've beaten and it's like a collective list slash pseudo competition of you know who's done more with their hobby this year and i think that's really cool it's not a fair competition because knitting takes way longer than beating a game so you know i beat tony hawk in an hour and she works on a sweater for 80 hours but yeah it's still she also gets to wear hers around after you beat tony hawk you're not just wearing like you're not just walking around with a skateboard through the house (laughs) well you don't know what i'm doing but most of the That's time fair. not, yeah. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So so all those different spots, we end up tracking the stuff that we beat. And then, you know, if it, also if it happens to be a game for the list that I mentioned earlier, I go into that Google Sheet, I update the list so that I can represent that I beat it there. So it literally, if, I, if it's a game that's on the list and beat on stream, so like Soul Blazer, for example, when I beat that, I will update it in six places, which is ridiculous. You say ridiculous. I'm not far behind you, my man. After yeah. I beat a game, I don't do the beat tweets, obviously, because it wouldn't make any sense because I would just be creating more work for myself. I already have to wrangle in hundreds of these things. But um, I, I, I sometimes we'll, we'll post it in the Discord, at least. But I, I too, have, have a bit of a ritual where I have to uh, go into – you use backloggery. I use how long to beat. Mm-hmm. I've been over there for about a decade. And I go in there. I have to update it. It updates it into the list with the with the time with the date I beat it. How and I can update how long I spent on it if I know that. Don't have to. Sometimes I do. Uh, I also give it a little bit of a rating. I'm like, oh, that's about a that's about a seventy. I give it a seven. That's all right. So I go through and do all that. Then 
if it's a retro game, for some reason it's only a retro game. If it's like a game that was made in the 90s, I have a little special, another little special step I do. I go over to GameFAQs, got an account over there. I like to go in, I like to rate it, give it uh, give it a difficulty rating because I have a bit of a spreadsheet going where I rate the difficulties of the games I play so I can kind of look Ooh. back and be like, oh, look, I beat that tough boy and now it's time for an easy guy or something like that. You know, keep it balanced. Uh, so I do that. No, just the, just the old stuff makes no sense. There's no there's no real reason why because the game facts has new stuff too. I just don't <laughs> care about any of that. So I do all that. Then I got the collection app, and I, I like the collection app because I can go in add a category that says I've beaten it. Then I can kind of sort around it. I can say, okay, show me games I've not beaten yet. Mm, that way yep. I can you know pick pick a new game there on the old, on the old list. And uh, then I have other I have other spreadsheets that I duplicate all that information on because I don't trust the internet. So. <laughs> That a, a man after my own heart. You get it. You understand. Some, See, and then I also have a podcast about it. So yes, sometimes that that rush the, of feel good chemicals you get for beating a game, you just want to extend it as long as you can. So why not just make that last? You know, the time. You know, I know a lot of people are probably monsters, and they they skip the credits music. They get to the end, they're like, all right, credits, and they skip it. Mm-mm. That's the time where I pull out the old phone, or if I have the laptop nearby, and. I bask in that music for as long as I can while I enter all that information. I might even go to the Wikipedia page and, and read through the plot again to make sure I got all the points. Be like, oh, yeah, I remember that part. Yeah, oh, that that does make sense to me now. Oh, yeah. I, I'm very much in the habit, and this, this is so weird, I think. Maybe other people do this, too, of reading reviews of games that you just beat. I do that, to too. To be like, yeah. yeah. T- let me see if you agree with me. How? Just talk about this game back to me, my friend, on this random website that I googled. Yeah, I know. My favorite ones, though, are looking at you know playing a game now, and then looking at the scathing review from like 1998, and I'm like, it's not that bad. Come on, guy. Come on. I love reading those old ones too because the the style of writing a review in 1998 is so different from today. You'll you'll read it and it's just a five paragraph essay with like the graphics in this game are very good, but they would be better with more graphics. <laughs> <laughs> the sound was not too loud. Seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They they used to break it down like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess maybe some places still do, but yeah, I remember graphics, sound. They break it all out. It's still an enjoyable process. And let me relate to the listener here for a second. This is something you'll never have experienced. When you beat a game, there's this moment where the credits are scrolling by. You know, you're basking in the glow of what you just accomplished. But when you're a fan of Polykill, you're thinking, what's the right beat tweet? I got to get the right screenshot. Otherwise, this isn't representative of the game I just beat. It's not a good feeling when you see like that thanks for playing go by and you didn't grab the screenshot in time. Oh. And you're like... Am I going to just have to take a picture of the freaking save file with the little star next to it? This is <laughs> this is pathetic. I I actually had no idea that there was so much there was such a dilemma in regard to to getting the right picture. Maybe that's that's, that's interesting. Maybe it's just born out of knowing you'll never be the poly killer so you have to craft a good beat tweet, to, good tweet. to get on the show. Yeah. Actually, I do like that pressure that Corpus Light has put on everyone because I've noticed over the last bit the tweets have gotten better than just people hashtagging the developers and just showing me a screenshot. They're, they're actually like putting a little prose to it yep. to, just to get it read out. So maybe Corpus Flood is, is in some ways improving the beat tweet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that, that just threw another dart into Corpus Flood's face on their wall, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> All right. So I knew coming on to this episode, 
you were going to try to introduce me to the people. You were going to say, hey, let's introduce the new guy. But like any good interview, you know, I got to make sure Polykill is the right work environment for me. I mean, I got to throw a little bit back at you. So I think that the people need to learn a little more about you. So I got a couple questions I want to ask you here. Oh, geez. So earlier you had a single beat. And to be quite honest, it sounded made up. It was just family talk. (laughs) So I have to ask, what do you consider an acceptable level of output? And is one fake game enough? (laughs) To be on the to to be a co-host? Yeah, on Polykill. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, there were years where Jake didn't beat a single game. But I will say I am embarrassed to have only brought Family Dog here today. I am a little embarrassed about it. And I don't think that's acceptable. No, I, I would say I would need at least a beat of of a game. Uh, I need at least two hours worth of beatage, and that's that's not it. That doesn't that doesn't cut it. All right. Well, as long as we know that we're both disappointed in you, I think that we're good on that front. <laughs> All right. Next question here. It was this weekend, I believe. Might have been Friday. Might have been Saturday. I'm not sure. You messaged me at hmm. six thirty in the morning on a Saturday, and so I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? And uh, what do you think is uh, appropriate work hours for someone at Polykill? That's that's a good that's a good point. Uh, I actually don't sleep, and I'm always working. That's uh, that's the only way you can pull off, you know, being on 19 different mediocre podcasts and get in at least two hours of beatage a week or every two weeks. So uh, I, I do apologize. I wasn't familiar with your time zonage. I should have waited 30 minutes, mm. <laughs> but. I should have at least let it get to 6 a.m. out there is all I'm saying. To be perfectly Honestly. clear, I will never wake up to a message, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you would never have possibly woken me up. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I thought you might try to snake your way out and pull the family card, but that was an honest answer you gave me. So, you know what? Good on yeah. you. Respect. Yeah. No, actually, that that's very specific night. I didn't sleep a single wink, and I don't know why. I was so excited about all these podcasts. I just ah, tossing and turning. Sounds like you're the right man for the job, but we've got a couple more to make sure. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I've also I've been a listener for a while, and I've been I've mm. been paying attention, and I've noticed there's a there's an abnormal number. Some might almost say a suspicious number of butt and wiener jokes on this podcast. Wow, now, you think it's suspicious? <laughs> now, do you think that's a good office culture around Polykill HQ? Is that is that the type of culture you're you're shooting for? It actually is. I didn't realize that it was that noticeable. Perfect. You could tell? Perfect. Me too. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that you not only deliver them, but you have conviction behind it. That's true. The trick is to deliver them and not let it go past that. Just throw them out there and walk away. Don't don't harp on them. Then you make it weird. No one likes weird. <laughs> well, some do, but yes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. So I think... Myself and many listeners here for a long time have thought of Polykill as, you know, Jake having the opportunity to beat games uh, and you just kind of tagging along. Jake's friends listening to you pretend like you play games. Absolutely. And so now that you don't have that safety net of someone who's actually around and available to carry that discussion and and carry the actual beats on the show, Mm -hmm. before I offer up my services as the beater... I'm wondering, 
what 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 do you consider Polykill to be? What's the mission statement for Polykill? The mission statement. I guess you know you know we used to have the intro. It was like two men. Uh, I don't remember because I don't think I ever heard it. But it's like two men. Their names were uh, Jake and Trav. Were on a mission to beat games on their on their backlog or whatever. And now I think it's one creepy guy that likes to make button wiener jokes talks to another man who does actually beat a lot of games, and they try to navigate their way into a cohesive uh, friendship. And I think that's what this is all about, us coming together as one, you as a master beater, and me as just a, a pervert. <laughs> well, that's an interesting perspective. I don't. It's also a very long mission statement. I don't. We can maybe trim it down some. I mean, ultimately, your mission statement boiled down to, I don't beat any games, and I'd love to have one friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I need to update the website right now with that, actually. I accept. <laughs> I think this will work out well. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. You, you've been really good, actually. You fit, You jumped right in. We had a really good conversation about beating games. We, we, we fulfilled the mission statement, I think, this time around. So I'm pretty excited going forward. I think you're hired. You can stick around. I, was never, I didn't ask anybody else anyway, so if you had said no, it would just be me giving a monologue and the mission statement would have been just one pervert. And that's all it would have said. So thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, remind everyone how they can find you on the internet if they would like to do that. Yeah. And I will, before the plug, I will say a uh, lo- lot of jokes, especially a lot at your expense made throughout the show. But I, <laughs> I was genuinely touched when you reached out and asked me to, to be a part of the show. So I want to say thank you for bringing me on. And thanks to everyone who's listening to the show for putting up with me, I suppose. It mm. it was legitimately a very kind gesture. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it and I'm excited to, to see what the future holds. But in terms of where you can reach me outside of the podcast... Uh, probably the best place to go is to the Twitch channel that we mentioned earlier. So that's twitch.tv slash Blinkoom with an M, B-L-I-N-K-O-O-M, like Metal Gear. And yeah, from there, there's links to my Twitter, which is also Blinkoom. I have a YouTube channel in theory, which is also Blinkoom. So that's where you can find me. Very cool. As always, you can find me at TravPlaysGames, at least on Twitter. Uh, I got some other places on the internet, but let's just stick to Twitter for now. And uh, you can find the show at Polykill also on Twitter. And I think that wraps it up. So until next time, this has been a Polykill. I don't know. We need to figure out a way to end these, dude. Until next time, keep on beating on. Yeah. Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. That feels feels like we just ended a NASCAR pit stop. Okay. (laughs) 